God Almighty, it's a sweat equity podcast coming to you from Cigar City Studios in the Toco Works office. I'm your host, Law Smith. We keep a seat open for our former co-host, Caleb Funny. Just like Elijah at Seder, we keep the seat right there, just in memory of him. Um, on this episode, we're going to bring in our guest, muralist and uh, friend of the program, Mr. Matt Callahan of... Uh, man-made murals what's going on man yeah see this is your first podcast right yeah. it is but i'm a, a infinite listener of podcasts at all times well that's how i got into it i got into uh, like i was like man i should just be doing a podcast and anything that's interesting yeah. you know and like interests me that i talk about all the time anyway and you know doing the toco works kind of business consulting small business consulting kind of bled into this before we got on the mics we were talking about like well what's the podcast about and it's kind of like well we started it because i have a lot of friends i have a lot of people i talk to i feel like there's a lot of people in their 20s and 30s that i talk to all the time and either they don't know what they want to do or they know what they want to do and they don't know how to get there right. and then like there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of practical advice like i like I want, we're going to do your story as kind of a narrative, but like, I, I like, I like real practical advice. Like someone was like, Hey, like oh, what my first job right. at a mutual fund company, my first real job. I mean, I had like bartending stuff and yeah. What but, was like, your first job? Uh, I was a grunt at a mutual fund company in LA right when I moved out there and basically I had like 20 to 25 bosses that were financial advisor services. I didn't know what a mutual fund was. Right. And I didn't know that one of the guys I kind of had to help out would win a Nobel Prize <laughs> that happened last year. If you look up uh, Eugene Fama, who came up with a passive invest investing theory. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I saw my life going down that route. Like I could, I could have gotten my CFP, Certified Financial Planner, and I could have – and that's a bitch. That's three years of tests that you just spend a lot of your life. Right. And I could be in the corporate machine and they were like, hey, you know, you stick around and you'll be one of the bigger dogs in here. By the time you're 30, you have your like a place in Manhattan Beach. Right. You'll be rich. It's a, ni it's a nice life. Really Don't rich get... and unhappy. Yeah. And then <laughs> pretty much I was like, I'm going to leave in the recession in 2009 exactly. and go do stand up for nothing. So like, but I knew like that's where my my kind of my heart is in that area and then i knew once i did stand up i didn't want to do that uh but the practical advice i got when i worked there was every morning write a list write a list of things to do your memory is not that good right and i'm like oh yeah i'm not my memory sucks dick like i i need to it it literally sucks other memories dicks like, <laughs> it's that bad <laughs> it's that if figuratively if you're thinking of it if you're a visual person i hope you're not coming to an artist about writing lists because we are the worst well i mean that's the thing but the reason i like you is because like you're a creative guy but you, you don't let that i hate when artists like or artists designers whatever it is uh Left comedians yeah. yeah but they rely on it where yeah. they go well man i'm just a, Look, man, I'm a fucking artist. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's bullshit, man. Because I don't like that. I don't, I fucking hate that kind of logic. Right. It, it get, and they get away with it. Like, people go. Oh, no. People in the business world expect. In fact, I, and, and not that I haven't gotten away with it in, in some regards, but a lot of people expect you to be lazier than you are when right. they hear you're an artist. Right. Yeah. I know. I, and I have to remind people, like, oh, yeah, I'm a comedian, but 
I also run my own business. And right. so um, I'm not your, I, I go, I, I just kind of stop them before they can kind of get a read on me. And I just go, look, I'm atypical. You're not going to be able to pigeonhole me. You're exactly. going to put me in one bucket or the other. Right. I look like Spicoli <laughs> if he had a son. Um, or I look like Phil Mickelson if he never picked up a golf club. But like, the thing is, is like, people want to put you in a bucket or a trench or whatever you want. And for you, you're, you're about getting the work done, which is really, really unusual for an art, an artist. It is. Um, I don't know how, how that, so let's go backwards. How, how did you know you wanted to be a muralist and artist? Um, the beginning. Yeah. Well, I've always, I've always drawn. I've always, as a kid, I've always, I mean, I think and you just had a kid. You'll yep. see all kids love to draw. Yeah. Um, I just started to excel. I didn't really think of it as a career in any sense um, until I'd hell. I didn't even think of it as a place I could have done for school until maybe 17, 18 years old. But now looking back, um, you know, I was winning Chuck E. Cheese drawing contests in third grade. And, oh, really? Yeah. And, and all kinds There's of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Is it right after the band plays? <laughs> well, I remember I called it to the office, uh, the principal's office, and I was scared out of my mind. And uh, turns out I won a, a, a drawing contest through the, you know, Tallahassee Police Department at Chuck E. Cheese. Got to meet the 80s, you know. The banjo robot rat and <laughs> yeah, shit. Pretty much like that. <laughs> but yeah, looking back, I've just always thrived in art. And then um, I really, really got my push around 15, 16 years old. Um, I would say my influences were definitely like, you know, Garfield comics and sure. Calvin and Hobbes, stuff like that. The Simpsons big time. For so sure. I started doing, I was always drawing, doing lots of drawing and then got into colored pencils big time. And then I had an art teacher at Florida High in Tallahassee that really pushed me hard. She saw that um, that I had something, and she really started to get me to put a so-called portfolio together. Yeah. Um, and she said, hey, you Sounds know. Sounds familiar yep, right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she said, well, you know, if you, you want to pursue this, we can start looking into art schools for you and see about getting you into some contests. And ultimately, in in uh, senior year, I won a contest, the, the state, or excuse me, the citywide Tallahassee senior competition. At Lemoyne, our only big art gallery, and I was one of five winners, and got a got a scholarship to Atlanta College of Art. So, th there's there's always that part of the story where um, there's one person, be it a parent, aunt, uncle, teacher, someone, yeah. a coach, someone that pushes you a little bit. I feel like that a lot of people resist that a lot of times. They go, I should have listened to that person a little bit more. I would say that I've been lucky in the respect that I've always known that I've wanted to do art or that I could just say that art has always made me happy. Like, I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. I was, you know, a, a skateboarder, a, kind of a punk kid like the rest of my friends, but I always was into drawing and painting, and I just pursued it. I didn't really see any other avenue or way to take because I knew that was my path, and I found out later on my dad was an artist, and when he knocked up my mom at 21, switched to be a lawyer because, you know, a, a, an artist in the 60s wasn't really going to bring in the money Well, yeah, to him. So he switched. But I, it, it could have been passed on to DNA for all I know. But I think everyone's got something sure. that, that, that they're really good at that makes them happy. And my, my advice is always follow what makes you happy because if you follow that as a career, you probably can find a career. I think everyone's got something. Right. They just don't. They need to find it to follow it. Well, my thing is always... That, that I like that kind of it, philosophy, but at the same time, it's like then we might not have uh, <laughs> accounts receivable yeah. kind of people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they might be they might want to be. 
part of a bigger organization that is bringing in money for that. Or, right. you know, I feel like um, I feel like there is that talent, that artist talent. It's a unique one. It's like I a musician. Know, I, I, I can go back and forth if it's environment or if it's uh, born or you're born with it or if it's environment. I can I can get persuaded in either direction I nowadays. Think there has to be levels. I mean, and look, it's taken a long time for me to get where I'm at now. Thir- you know, I mean, let's say my first mural, 18. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how did that go about? Our teacher got us a mural in okay. Tallahassee, and uh, same and same one that was same, same one. I was able to design it and um, with color pencil, and then we did it. Uh, didn't make any money on it, but got you know news stories, and we had kids help us and everything else. But that was the first time I actually tried to do something bigger than a piece of paper uh-huh. or what you can buy at the art store. Sure, um, and started to learn how to paint a little bit. I really learned how to paint in in college. Because I, I did an illustration degree. So tell me about that. You go to, Did you go to SCAD? Well, I had offered to SCAD, but I lived... That's I, Savannah College of Art and Design? Right, okay. which subsequently owns my art gotta, college now. I gotta, I'll got throw in little stuff no, like no, that for the listener. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I got offered at Ringling, and I got offered at SCAD. Um, the problem was... Sarasota, I, Ringling? Mm-hmm. They have an art... Yeah. I don't see. I don't know any yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, so. Ring, Ringling's a huge art community. Um, I just... I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. And when you're an 18-year-old, you want to see something bigger than Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> past Tallahassee. So I went for Atlanta. There's Jacksonville. That's where <laughs> Skinner came from. That's true. <laughs> or Gainesville, That's where true. Tom Petty came from. That's true. That's true. Big city living. Well, and I, I, I do have to throw that. You could have been an airbrush artist <laughs> in Panama City. <laughs> yeah, could be license plates with hearts. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I, and I got to throw this in, too. My dad uh, gave me probably the best gift he could ever give me, which he gave my brother as well. Uh, 10 years before which when we turned 18 just um you know i never got allowance or anything and when i was 15 i started working and i've been working every year at some job since i was 15 delivering pizzas uh whatever and we didn't get money if you wanted a car you earned the money you went and got a job and and you and you made your own money so what he did what what normal parents would do with an allowance is save that up and he took me on a trip around the world uh, straight out of high school and before college, and I cannot tell you how quickly that got my head straight and ready to rock and roll for college because when you're 18, you want to know what is out in the world. Yeah. And I got to see that. Yeah. And it blew my mind away. Uh, so where would you go? Um, oh, quickly. Jamaica. I'm, I mean, how many spots? Your it, dad, this was your two dad, and a half months. So we spent like three days everywhere we went. Your dad, wait, your dad was an attorney at this time. It was just like, I saved up all my vacation time. to I'm going to take off two and a half months. Yeah. Well, he's, 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 he did it for my brother when he turned 18. And That's really cool. That's, we had 10 years in between us. So he's always waited to save to do that for me. That's awesome. And then my stepbrother's 12 years younger than me, got the same trip, but we all did three different routes. Okay. Um, but I like I, that. Yeah. That's, that's so kind of. Jamaica, then Japan, then uh, Australia, New Zealand, then uh, Indonesia, um, Thailand. Ooh, India. That'll that'll wake you up when you're an 18 year old sure. kid. Yeah. Um, then Greece, Russia, Latvia, uh, London, then back home to Atlanta for the 96 Olympics and start art school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. that's a really cool kind of dad uh, idea. Where Amazing. It's like, you you really get a lot of perspective. You go, okay, well, um, you know what I any entitlement you might have kind of might go away. I always thought like maybe doing volunteering, like you're 
my kid's three weeks old. I'm already like trying to figure out what I can get him to do, so he's not an entitled shit. That, that is a that is a natural dad instinct. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, well, I volunteered a lot. I right. I did a lot of that kind of stuff, and some of the best things I did, like go build houses in Mexico for a weekend, was oh, yeah. like some of the best things you'll do. Um, well, I mean, I can tell you, I've got a four year old, and we've traveled out of the country at least once, maybe one year we missed with uh, him mm-hmm. because of that. I mean, I've constantly traveled since. Yeah. Any chance I get to go outside of America and see a different environment, see a different way people live, come back, give you, get your head right, give you a different perspective. It's just, I think it's, it's priceless. So your dad kind of set you up to, I, I think that's really important that you earn, you earned everything you did. Oh yeah. I feel like that's a hard lesson for a lot of people that I feel like, um, well, look, if, if you're the son of a lawyer, you're going to get, well, I'm sure you've been handed everything, but that's right. simply not the truth at all. Definitely helped out with school, but even when I was in college, still had jobs. Yeah, I, I, uh, my dad's done very well. My family's well off, but like we got everything we needed, not everything we wanted. Right. Um, very, we're very uh, almost. I, I say we're Jewish uh, in a, <laughs> and just like just the way everybody's really funny, but the way that like you don't get everything. No. Um, yeah, you we can go do that, but you we're not gonna we're gonna have a lot of self guilt, right? <laughs> and, and you're gonna be a mama's boy, right? And you're gonna want to nosh. And there's no as hard as it ever gets. There's no satisfaction unless you work hard for it, honestly. Yeah, but, uh, we're about to do the, uh, the one of the this is about to be the roughest time of the year for our company, right? Where we we donate a lot of time to the Tampa Pig Jig uh, Festival on the river, which is a it supports a kidney disease. Uh, called the nephrotic uh, syndrome and basically it's uh october 22nd half our crowds in the area half our crowds around the world really in this uh this sweat equity podcast but basically i I tell a lot of people like get involved as a business as part of the consulting get involved with a charity that you you really want to do you want to get involved in because the best beer the best drink you're ever gonna have is at the end of that oh yeah that day oh yeah it's an 18 hour day and before that we've been putting 18 hour days in um but at seven o'clock when the last band goes on i can kind of kick my heels up right and and have a tall boy and feel really good about hey we were part of raising six hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah amazing right and and i think that lesson is is the same for for growing up or teaching kids value you don't what do you get for free i talk about this as stand-up uh i hate free ticket crowds because the free ticket crowd doesn't give a shit of course there's no value in it right there's no social ex- exchange so uh I can also go- we can talk to each other's wives about uh how it's okay <laughs> to have a beer after working for 18 hours <laughs> <laughs> well my nose i'm gonna have a few it's it's number 13 or 14 <laughs> yeah. that she's worried about okay so you talk to my wife <laughs> <laughs> pretty much you handle it better than i do i i'm like uh, i need to take a nap um right. you've got energy you've got pent-up energy is that is, has that energy always been around, or is that as that many? Because I feel like my energy has been a little bit artificially manufactured. Like uh, I have yeah. to get myself going. Like I gotta get riled up. Uh, no, my friends, I've got something inside. There's something going on there. Um, what did my, my well, art, well, what did my art partner say? She had, you know, I'm not down with all the uh, abbreviations, but the fear of missing out. The FOMO. Yeah, she yeah. says I've, I've got a chronic case of that. I, I've I've got that as well. Yeah, but mine mine goes into like oh fuck like <laughs> I don't say that out loud. It's right. just like oh man, I'm fucking 
stuck here. Um, I think a lot of us have that. I think a lot of people have the FOMO, but like what makes you different as an artist, not only can you mimic almost anything, do you train for that? I think that is training. Um, I mean, what I'm going to be working on in the next year, year and a half, is my own work more uh, more solely, which I've already started to design, and my art partner has really helped me out. Plus, being around some of these amazing artists at Shine 1, Shine 2, and some of the other local guys that are just, so, my friends are awesome. I just really, the international artists have just really pushed me to kind of go for my own style. Not that I don't have a style, it's just that I get so wrapped up making money um, and, and appeasing clients, which I will never complain about being busy, um, that really I'm putting my spin on and making their brand or they're coming to me with some elements and then I, I'm kind of putting my spin on it and, and making their brand and I don't always get 110% of the creative, you know, no, way, way to go. So it's tough. every now and then you got to remind yourself as an artist to take a break or at least push, push a few extra hours after work. And work on your own stuff. Um, throw another art show and, and really show people what you really want to do. But along the way, a lot of that, like you're saying, mimicking or other stuff is, I think, just training you to become a better artist constantly. As well, long as that brush is moving. I'm going to I'm gonna make a parallel for all business. It's really tough. You get caught up. Right. You get caught up in like, hey, we've got to bring cash in. Right. Uh, like, this is a business first, right. okay? It's still a business. It, well, luck, bully for me that I can do this business. You know, you said, like, your dad in the 60s. Right. It'd be really tough to do it. Now we have access. Oh, my God, yeah. It's, om- it's almost crazy that we don't, uh, if you have the ability like you do, it's crazy if we're not pushing as hard. Oh, yeah. And we get it from both sides. The older generation goes, oh, well, hey, you might – be focusing in the wrong areas. The younger generation says you're not focusing in the right areas. So, right. so it, it's a weird kind of, we're in a weird confluence of like, all right, how do you make a, a business happen while getting this passion going that, you know, even our company, your company, you know, kind of doesn't need to exist. And uh, this is the way I see it. Right. It's a, it's a luxury that we get to do it. It go, is going to that perspective of like going to India where you're like, Oh, they don't have drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, oh, and you will get sick. <laughs> and I, I think you're very conscious of that. I think part of that is going, okay, but at the same time, we need to do something that's going to step your game up. Right. Because while this, now you've been, how long you've been doing man-made murals? How long has that been an Okay, it? so art school, illustration. Um, watch some of my friends, you know, in art school go the fine art route. Uh-huh. Um, I was I was taught right around the time of the zip desk. Zip desk. Disc. Well, I'm, oh, I, the big yeah, external the, drive. The, right. I, I'm, I'm just going to give oh, you like man. a, a I wanted one of those so bad to, to wear. Ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. To, to, yep. 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 Okay. So I mean, Mac computers. They're, they're you know the graphic design department is right down the street. I didn't know computers. Uh, we we were taught as illustrators at that point. You didn't really need computers. We could we could see computers becoming a thing in art. Um, but you might not after like it might go back to these kind of these hand drawn. Yeah, you need both. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I, I I that's yeah. So then I get out of art school and the last thing I want to do is art. Bartending time. <laughs> Party time. All right. <laughs> right. You're a kid coming out of uh, art school, so I'm not doing much art. I'm doing a few <laughs> things here and there, but I started to do a couple murals while I was in art school. Were you Were you saying to everybody you're an artist? Like I told everybody yeah. I was a comedian before oh, yeah. I really was a comedian. Right. Right. Yeah. Just so proud to be that. But then honestly, uh, art school was like boot camp, and I just 
a, a couple of my teachers were they were madness. I mean, he I almost got in a fist fight and oh, you can't bury that story with. Uh, <laughs> I got to hear that. All right, Mark Brott, illustrator, uh, feared, Prof. Brott. Yep, feared uh, feared art school teacher. Uh huh. Um, I was busting my ass in, in about twelve people in our class, and we had about the end of the semester. When you get him in one, he's a, he's a, he he really works you. Uh-huh. Uh, when you get him in four, illustration four, he's supposed to be nicer, and you're supposed to be working on your portfolio to exit to show people to get a job, blah okay. blah blah, get mm-hmm. a job out of art school, right? Sure, okay, makes sense. Uh huh. <laughs> so uh, I'm working my butt off. We have a critique every week, and uh, people are turning in crap. To be honest with you. Uh, artwork and he's just yep that looks good looks good looks great and this guy had us just up at all hours of the night just to make our week you know um, deadline and I would turn in what I thought was leagues beyond everyone else in class and he one day tore me apart everyone else looks great it's great that little scrub boy right there that's perfect and then he laid into me like it was no one's business in On class purpose? Uh, I found out later that he was going through a rough day, uh, but he chose me to destroy in front of everybody. Huh. Uh, and he'd already seen I'd been up for a couple of days. Um, and he went to town on me, and it got so bad that people started leaving the room in the middle of critique. <laughs> and it was just me and him. And I lost it. Oh, wait. How many people are in the class? Twelve. And him as the teacher. And then eventually just people, like... Oh, it got bad. Twelve so, angry men. They just like turned yeah. to the other side of the room. No, like left the class. Because <laughs> like, he started saying, "This is fucking shit. Your art is fucking shit. You can do better." What the? What the? You know what I mean? And did I'm he like, hate you from the get go? No, I always. It was a good hate. Like I thought he was teaching me the yeah you know, the right way. Um, but I, I had a breaking point, and I was like, I don't. Want, sure. And we all knew he took karate too. Um, chain chain smoking black belt karate guy. Who's feared by everyone, but he wasn't scaring me that day, so I lost it on him. I basically told him my thought. I said, I can't believe you're destroying me. I work harder than anyone in this fucking class, and you are destroying me right now. Why don't you go fuck yourself and fuck this art school? And I walked out, and as I was walking down that hallway, I thought, I just threw away four years of hard work. Yeah. This guy is going to get me kicked out of school, and this is it. Yeah. So I drove home. This is, it's got to be before good cell phones or anything. Mm Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember. I still had a house phone. Sure. So uh, as I'm driving home, I'm just like, wow, there it is. All that hard work down oh, the drain. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to tell parents or anything. Like, that's it. I just, I, I, I almost fist fought. Uh, oh, no, that's what it was. He saw my hand, my hand shaking, I remember, in class. And he said, uh, he said. because you're pissed? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, you want to hit me right now? Go ahead. Try to hit me. And uh, and I just told him to go fuck himself because I was like, if I hit a teacher, that's definitely out. It's arrestable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I get home, long story short, when I get home, my phone is ringing off the chain. I can hear my phone from outside before I open my door. Oh, and uh, it's him. Uh, I don't know how many times he called me in a row to, to wait for me to get home. It took me about 25 minutes when I picked up the phone. He said, uh, I just want you to listen. He goes, I think that you're the only thing in this class that's ever going to make anything of himself as an artist. Mm. He goes, I push you hard because I think you're the only person that's going to make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm proud of you, and I love your work, and I'm only hard on you because I think you're going to make it. And also, I'm going through some personal stuff, and that was a little. I went a little bit off off the off the chain there. Mm. Uh, I apologize, and he uh, he basically told me his admiration for me. Then last two weeks, I was like, great, I'm not out of art school. 
Um, Can we talk about the, the first time you walked back into class? Oh, it was, it after was that, it's so awkward. Super awkward. But I had a teacher like that. As I well. will tell you this: oh, we didn't get in a fist fight. But. I was a bartender at the time when I was finishing, and he came into my bar about uh, six months after graduation and took me out on the night of my life. Really? Yeah, we and we were still friends to this day. And Wait, we talk. so. All right, so tell me about that. <laughs> I don't know if that'll make the podcast. Yeah, well, that, come on now. You don't have to be like, he was balls his, deep he, in all these uh, co-eds. He, he was with his girl and uh, came into my bar. And I said, oh, my God, there you are, Mark. What's going on? And uh, I got off my shift. Uh, and, he, and I said, hey, you, you want to go out and have a beer tonight? We're done. You know, we're not, we're not teacher and student anymore. We're artists and artists now. Right, right. And he said, uh, he, you're not my peer. Right. No, that would have been awesome. Right, right. Yeah. It was kind of like going with my dad around the world. It's like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're friends now <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, uh, no. to, to a degree. You're still son. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, he uh, basically talked to his girl, and she said, "Have a good time." And he took me out, and we went out all night long, um, bars, strip clubs, the whole deal. Where Where are we? We're in. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. With, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, had a blast, and I've seen him as recently as three years ago, and and still friends. And honestly, looking back, I'm glad he pushed me because I worked super hard because of it. That's some real dangerous mind shit. Yeah, he screwed me over. No, I mean, we had that um, with my entrepreneurship teacher, and he ended up becoming my mentor yeah. now. I called him when I started this business, and I go, uh, you'd be proud. Uh, I'm probably the only one in our entrepreneurship there program there you go. that's actually a real consultant right. or really doing their own business. And could you get away with that now as a teacher? Now you'd be kicked out and fired, wouldn't you? No, he, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. No, he would walk in and be like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Love it. Uh, he would give us like a business plans to go, you're going to go write a business plan for a crematorium. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. And then he'd go to the, the, a, the, the a squad. It was two swimmers and two really goody, goody girls that were, they, they only got straight A's. Ours was hard. Like our group, he hated on and wanted us to make, to have to work harder. Right. Basically. Right. He knew these, this group would get an A, but he wanted us to challenge that. Group. Of course. And so, He'd be like, he'd give them like a sweet, like, all right, you got a cupcake, uh, like a, a retail cupcake shop, go write at her business plan. You guys over here, you've got to write, it'd be us four dejected, uh, like just shit. Okay. Crematorium. Uh, crematorium. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and the guy's 35 miles outside the city. So yeah. you got to go meet with that, him. That's what you get. And f we'd, we'd pull an A out of our ass, but it would be like, well, we'd be in my buddy's trailer at Auburn, like, pacing back and forth all right how the fuck do we get write a mission and, and are we talking about the same thing again though right. aren't we working hard right to get it's not always gonna be i don't easy. know what the fuck a break even point is right. i don't know i don't know what a burn rate is good yeah 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 figure and it out luckily google ex existed and that that's another thing like people go well i don't know what i want to do and it's like oh you know this google thing like yeah. you can look i'm learning how to parent by youtube there's, <laughs> there's, thank you, God. Right? Yeah. Oh God, dude, I got, I got dog cussed out because I didn't know how to do anything with the kid, and I'm like, I, I, I thought <laughs> nurses would teach me, and so. Oh, um, and we already had our discussion about your, uh, sure, your birth, and oh who, yeah, who's helping here? Yeah. Am I am I birthing this child? Uh, what we, am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> am I involved? How involved am I? Oh, I'm a stirrup. Oh, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 no one told me I'm a stirrup. Right. Like there's, there's a doctor's going to show up today, correct? But it, yeah, right. Oh, the doctor's like, uh, all right, I'm going to just put my fingers in your wife and then I'll see you later in 30 minutes. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, so 
that I mean that brings you back to kind of like problem solving on the fly, right. like having to deal with that and you know business dealing with business whatever you want to do artist uh anything in the art world or anything even in the math based world let's say you want to open your own financial planner right. uh, planning company um <laughs> you're going to deal with people on their bad days like that and Definitely. <laughs> it's hard not to want to punch a humans teacher in the face well but if it wasn't for hard teachers like that then where would we be right but is it, it sometimes it's not directed in the right way. Sometimes you just have shitty teachers. But sounds like you had a good one. Yeah. We had a good one mostly that would be like, you know, I just worked on a seven million dollar deal to kinda of help that out. You guys go fucking figure it out yourself. And you're like, Okay. That day without the phone call at home or the uh going out drinking with him later on or sure. the fact that I learned later on that he sat by my dad during graduation and did nothing but brag about me to my pops. Yep. Is a shitty person. But the fact that he did all right. three of those things makes him amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, same here. And the, our, when our teacher came out with us and he saw my stand-up, like the seventh time I'd done it, <laughs> and he was like, all right, the kid's got some chops. And nice. I was like, wow, all right, that's yeah. that's huge. Um, so let's, I'm gonna, let's go from college okay. to – Kind of the progression. I'm gonna get struggle another, period. I'm gonna get another beer out of there. But, sure, Go ahead. Uh, the, you, the struggle period. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> leave college, bartending, mm-hmm. not doing art, thinking, what am I doing if I'm not doing art? Plus, one of the biggest problems with art schools. There's two problems in art schools. If you ask me, I, hopefully it's changed these days. They do not teach you the business end of it. No, <laughs> they don't teach the business into business schools. Like correct. So um, they're like, great, great portfolio, nice review. If you don't get an agent immediately in New York City and become the next hottest fucking thing, what are you doing with your life? What is that? What is that life like? Getting an art agent. Well, I was, I, I, was, I was. I know this is scattered, but this is going to. No, come it's back. fine. Um, I had a New York teacher too, who was a successful New York uh, illustrator, and at that time, in my degree for illustration. What we were looking at is uh, magazine illustrations, some online stuff that wasn't that big yet. Um, you know, illustrations for CD covers, uh, magazines, books, this stuff. Okay. Which is great, except for all these illustrators, you get boxed into a style, and it usually you're hot for a while, and then you're gone. And only a few of the dinosaurs. I, I was basically, I think, becoming an illustrator in a time, in a big transitional period of what now you know, isn't really categorized. An artist can be so many things these days. I mean, so I just basically went to bartending and kind of didn't look at my art or even want to deal with it for a while. Then I realized I'm not doing my art. Here's my passion still inside me that's still always wanting to come out. What am I doing? Why am I still in, in Atlanta? And also I miss Florida for the ocean because I'm a ocean rat. Yeah. So I didn't want to. On the East Coast, the ocean. Yeah. Or no. on the West Coast, well, the, West Mexica- Coast. the Mexican Ocean. The Mexican Ocean. That's how I call um, it. I, I lived in Florida my whole life and pretty well known about the cities, but uh, I came down to Tampa to visit and was blown away just because of the different stigmatisms that different Florida cities have that we don't need to go through, but <laughs> I think we all agree. <laughs> That's on. another podcast. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I moved to Seminole, Florida. Okay. At, at the, it's like St. Pete area. It, it's even worse. 
it's the dead. I lived. I lived next to a. a it's a, a dead tra- zone. A trailer park, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, and my friend said you'll be in Tampa within six months. Think Don't of Tampa, sign in your Saint lease. Pete, yeah. Clearwater as a triangle. It's in between the the Saint Pete, right. Clearwater part. Right. Like like when I said I looked at it on a map, like I looked at it on a, like a real map, not a Google map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Rand McNally cartography <laughs> yeah. map. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, begged out on my lease and started to come to Tampa, and I started bartending at Max in Hyde Park. I don't know if you remember Mac, that, Max Sports. It's the first bar I ever went into. Love it. Yeah. How, about, how old are you? I'm 32. I just think I'm about that. You probably served probably me. work in the door when well, you Well, look, came I in. mean, I we talked drunkenly uh, when <laughs> you were doing something over at a Reservoir Bar. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. So, uh, anyway. You definitely met my sisters. How about that? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, anyway. They, when the chatterbox was around. Correct. I mm-hmm. think the first thing I painted in Tampa was uh, the veterinary clinic off of uh, swan and then i started doing some things for max and then i just started to kind of put my life into two categories working to make money for rent and bills bartending but always doing art on the side on my days so off. so this is going to parallel where you're at now right because at that point in your life you're making enough cash to go do the the art correct you get paid for the art until you get paid for the art correct right like you get paid until you're good enough to get paid. Correct. You're just doing it for experience. Right. So anybody listening that wants to do something, you want to be a fashion consultant. Get ready start, for some years of struggle. Yeah. Start a blog. <laughs> yeah. You've got you've got forty hours outside of your forty or fifty hour yeah. a week job. Do it. It's hard. It's not easy. The best advice I got from my other art school teacher was, and I still believe in it because it happened to me in the senior mark. He said. If you love doing art, get ready to do it well for 10 years before you ever make real money. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And that anything in the art realm, music, oh yeah. God, I couldn't, like at least stand up like I can kind of, what's, what's great, and and this is with art as well, what's good and bad about it is it's by, you're by yourself and it's your own. You have autonomy. Right. You don't have to go through, there's red tape, but like. You can always step up your game. Yeah. Uh, with music, I feel like you've got a lot more hurdles to go through, but at the same time, you get a lot. There's a lot more places to play. Yeah. You know, you can't really just go do like I'm gonna go paint a wall. You can, it's, but the cops might show up. Right. 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 <laughs> and like when I you try to do stand up in a different spot, it's like eh, it's it does doesn't work a lot of the time. But I remember I had an actor friend. She was like, she was like you know, what's awesome about what you're doing when I was feeling shitty about stand up, she's like, what's awesome about what you can do is you can just go up and do an open mic. I can't do anything. Yeah. I got to go do a soliloquy in like <laughs> a, a, the Santa Monica promenade. I was like, Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Right. Oh yeah. Being an actor fucking sucks. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not as bad as y'all. Yeah, um, right. But, uh, but that parallel of you were making money being a bartender at max that used to let in, a lot of people under 21. Oh, yeah. And then uh, our fake IDs were literally just scanned. It was the worst. We just scan them, oh, and yeah. then you keep it in your wallet. So you flip it out. Oh, yeah. And it'd be like, they'd be like, can you take that out? You're like, all right, I'm going to see you later. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it was like Photoshop yeah. before Photoshop. I worked to the door, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our paths probably crossed at one point. Yeah, for sure. That's where we invented the, kneel- the kneeling piss one day. Oh, yeah. Take a piss outside. 
but take like a soccer kneel, like Colin Kaepernick now. <laughs> Are we talking and, about that outside porch? Um, no, just in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lots of bad things in that parking yeah, lot. Yeah, lots, ba- uh, lots of fights. Oh, um, I cannot tell you all the fights I had to break up. But, but um, so you're, you're doing the shitty day job, night job, whatever my you want. My big break was at Max, which happened was one of my locals, when I you know, started to bar back and bartend, was working at Channel You remember Channel Side back in the day? It used to be Sprightly and... So, a, lot, a lot more people were, were going down there, basically. So Channel Side, for people outside the area, was like, it's an attempt at like an outdoor promenade that had a... A hook that all the um, the cruise lines would come in. Correct. So it was like an outdoor mall area. Next to the aquarium. Right. This was pre touristy area. Pre big parking lot. Right. When every single place had a club or a, a, a near the hockey stadium here. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And um, anyway, they were telling me about how uh, a new concept was coming up called Splitsville, and yeah. he worked for these guys, which was going to be a bowling alley slash, you know, luxury bowling. Attempt with, with billiards. Yep. Um, and that, you know, give me your portfolio, and I want to, I want to, I want you to meet these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was just a, a happening meeting. So I literally went to Kinko's and printed out my portfolio on eleven by seventeen pieces of paper, and had a meeting with these guys, which I had no idea were whales. Yep. At that time. Yep. Um, they loved my stuff, and they gave me one shot at one piece. Yep. And. I am 15 years later working with these guys uh, nationally. Yeah. How many, how many things have you done for them, you think? Or uh, pieces? Day, or days of work? Or work? Oh, God. Uh, well, I can tell you. I know we have a tough time figuring out a unit yeah. of measure because it's tough. I've spent the majority of my career with these guys. Um, they no. seem like good. I, I, once I started working with you and kind of I, I started looking into like I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was a big thing around the country. Right. I knew how the moon existed. I knew Splitsville existed, but well, not. Not to how big. Well, I found out later on, just talking with him, um, they were involved with uh, Fat Tuesdays, all the Sloppy Joes. They oh. they own Sloppy Joes in Key West. Restaurant group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before restaurant groups were even a huge thing, I mean, their they're backers are hooters. These, I mean, and when I started to live in Tampa, I realized how many of these restaurant groups <laughs> were here. It's weird, right? It's, well, it's a thing here. Uh, well, it's because Tampa, the Tampa or Tampa Bay, yeah, yeah, it's the index it's of the country. Yeah. So it's a test market, right? And yep. so, if you ever want to try a restaurant, you you want to do it here. That's why Outback started here. Yeah, right down by Henderson. Right. right. Yeah. That's why Hooters yep. was started in Clearwater. Uh, Outback owns what Carabas, PDQ, which will be a challenger for Chick Fil A. Right. Down the line, it's only in Florida really now. Um, what else? They got Carabas. Right. Uh, well, these guys, you know, fish. yeah, and you start to see. I mean, some of some of the manuals that Splitsville's written for their employees have been now taken through other restaurant groups on how to train people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they, done they a great all, job, they, top they, to bottom. And they like, all they all trade these things, and so I got in on ground level on a really big thing. You know, the other the only city that's ahead of Tampa in the index of the country What's is that? New Haven, Connecticut. I don't Crazy. know why I know that, but the, I know the that. demographic. Yep. Yep. It, it it breaks down like thirteen percent black people, right? Like the exact of uh, America. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you know they do that too from the polls. I mean, remember when we had that huge uh, political scandal with with Bush? Yeah, they were breaking it all down to that area as well. Yep. So. Oh no, uh, Hillsborough County, where Tampa lies, is right. is kind of the swing uh, swing county for the swing state. Yeah, I know. So. So, Gary Johnson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's these, where my vote's gone. Nice. Yeah. Well, these guys gave me a shot, so I knocked it out of the park. Yep. 
and then they just kept going with me. And my long story short with Splitsville is I've gone from just doing what they thought they were going to do. They took us about three or four restaurants to nail down our brand. But now I am their brand. My art. So this when a lot of people, synonymous. Well, when a lot of people tell me, they say, well, oh, you did that for Splitsville, but that's Splitsville. I'm like, no, what you don't understand is I created that right. for Splitsville. That is Splitsville. That's brand identity. No, like my art is right. Splitsville. Yeah. Like, it's not like they gave me that and said, you're going to paint this. They said, I'd like to do this. And then once we did it in one spot, everywhere is my art in their place. And we're, and that part is your value. Right. Right. Because they, it's it's something you can't articulate. Right. And that and that's where people don't understand whatever you want to do, you have to create value for whatever you're doing. Right. So, if you want to be a, if you want to you want to be a, a bakery, and you want to have your own uh, retail bakery thing. Right. You, well, a you have to be different than your competition, but b you have to add value. Right. Anybody can. If you're just good at getting bagels from New York or getting them sourcing them from some other bakery, and just putting them in locations. Well, then you've done a good job. Right. Um, on an art level, on a hard, on the uh, intangible level, you have to add value in a different way. And that's by going, I'm, I'm a magic man. Right. You call me up and I'm going to make shit happen. Right. That's a lot of people don't get that. Well, and then, you know, splitsfuls weren't being built every month. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. But let's see when the next one is. So. So but, you go from the Tampa one. Well, it's important. Everything here is a snowball. And I think it happens a lot in business because one person yeah. leads to the next person, leads to the next person. Now I do a good job for Splitsville. They're going to tell their friends. Worked for the aquarium after that. Yeah. Uh, worked for a lot of the places in Channel Side. Did a lot of stuff in Channel Side and did residential work as well, which I basically <laughs> will not do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we talking like putting the paint tape up and doing uh, it or kids bedrooms oh, faux boy. finishing oh, which boy. is great money and there's a great market out for it i it's, mean it's the client it's it's the client it's it's exactly right the client doesn't know what they want there's a lot of changes hey that's a lot <laughs> of changes um and you know i'm not i'm not downing that work at all because i i mean my my art partner angela delaplane is one of the most amazing faux finishers you'll ever see it's just hard getting the money that they deserve from some people who sure. uh, like it. And, and, and the client's never happy in residential, it seems. Nope. Uh, so, some are. Because they don't know how to articulate what they want. Right. I'll put, for instance, uh, we had our carpenter come over, our handyman, a uh, really great dude. And uh, my wife's telling me what she wants in a punch list. Right. She's given, I was telling you this earlier, I think, or maybe I wasn't, uh, but she, she wants stuff hung, you know, her area of measurement is thin three blinds down right and i'm like no no no. here's how you have to talk you have to talk in specifics correct otherwise you're not going to get what you want you'll be frustrated but that won't be on him it'll be on us you just nailed it for me too because here i am it sounds like blaming the residential owner but i think you're right because once i started to really get to know (laughs) no that's what i'm saying you should blame the owner but when you when you know when you they don't know what they want when you work in commercial work with a general contractor and with other contractors and you you learn how to speak with them and and articulate exactly what you want you get exactly what you want every single time and on time and there's no complaining and it's done that's not, why, that's, I think maybe a little to the left. You're, but what if, what right. if you know, this tree was like a little bit over there instead of over here? That's why business people are dicks. That's why managers are dicks, Love right? Be, because you have to be specific or right. else it won't get done. Right. And I'm like, all right, you can't just tell me to put the thing in the thing. I need like, right. I woke up this morning. It was, was three like, days. It was like, can you, put, <laughs> can you get, 
can you get a bottle and give me half of it? And I went to go make half of a bottle. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, making half of a bottle. <laughs> 6.55. I'm like, huh? I'm like making half. She's like, no, no, just get the bottle out of the fridge and then pour half. And I'm like, well, that's not, I need, I didn't go in, I didn't break out into like, I need more specifics. I mean, I didn't want to tell you that residential was a turnoff because of housewives, but I mean, uh, No, residential is bad. Uh, guys are bad at it too. It, yeah. they, they don't realize that that human aspect of it is like okay, well it, they don't realize patterns either, right? Right. So it's always it's always a bad contractor and it's always a bad whatever you pick up, but they don't they don't look inward. Hey, maybe I didn't communicate this correctly. Right. So like people think I'm a dick if they see me talk to anybody that does home services for us. And it could have been a contractor who's like this lady doesn't know what she's talking about and I'm wasting my effing time. Someone here. I was on the phone with a. And uh, our pest control came over, right? right? And I go, look, if you do not uh, give me a heads up the next time you're here, we will discontinue this relationship. (laughs) We will be done. And I didn't put my my phone on mute. And the person I was on the phone was like, dude, you're fucking, now you're a dad? You're a hard ass? (laughs) And I'm like, no. The third time they come over unannounced, that's... The dogs wake us up. Right. the, The kids going crazy. Right. Um... Plus, it's just rude. You know, like we have to let them in our house. Right. So we should know. Right. Um, and I've given them my number three times. So I'm very specific every time I do it. And right. yet they can't do it. Then I tell their boss, hey, you know, we I want to do business with you, but this happens again. Right. It's not on me at a certain point. It's just this is how it goes. Okay. So. Anyway. Um, so back to. White, white people problems. No. I mean, this is everything. I mean, (laughs) specifics, when you're trying to get shit done, when you're doing business, people don't realize specifics are a lot. And the reason people sound like dicks is because it's like, why is this person giving me this much more information than I needed? Well, Yours is a different realm. Yours is tough. I will say that about you, though, too, which is great. It's it's, Since I've been with Toko, it's so easy to talk to you because you and I just hammer it out. Because I just go, "What, what does that mean? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what i don't know the art world right i don't and claim I, and, to and, I, and, and but we we nailed on the details right but yeah and you're it. like hey i don't know this about nerd shit yeah what does that mean i'm like all right oh what you do. so important if you want to get back to the art so i started to realize computers had to happen mm-hmm. because if i'm going to give someone a design for my mural yeah so you're telling me I have to draw it out <laughs> completely on paper <laughs> show them they want to make changes or try to give it to them in black and white form, which they can't even see the full realm of it. Right. Or what am I going to show up with the scrapbook board with some things I like? Yeah. Photoshop changed my life. Well, in so talk about that. Like you have to go. Okay. Self. I'm a. I'm an artist, man. Yeah. I'm not learning Photoshop. Yeah. Well, and it scared the There's hell out of me. There's hubris involved. Scared the hell out of me, and I was using terrible paint programs and trying. I was like losing jobs because, uh, like, and I was. Like, Are you guys not using Corel Draw? Right, right, or 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 you know, <laughs> MS Paint. No, believe me, the design you're seeing is going to be much different on the wall. Just trust me. <laughs> Show me your portfolio, but no, just trust right, me. Right, it's going right. to be great. Right. So I had I, my friend wanted me to do a logo for him or help him with his logo on Photoshop, and he showed me the basics. And slowly, year after year, I've taught myself. And I now I do, you know, with YouTube, Jesus, awesome. Yeah. Um, and other people that use Photoshop uh, have just taught myself. So now I can give a client with technology, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to go to a meeting sometimes. Yeah. To get a quote. 
Sure. You can literally take a picture off his phone, his or her phone, yep. of the wall. Yep. Send me an email, what they're talking about, ideas. Uh, we can spend a conversation on the phone. If it's a if it's a full on mural, I'm definitely going to go meet them and and hear their ideas out and really think you know think about what because I want to see what their face is about, what their what their body de- details are telling me about how they feel about something. You become a um, there was a show Lie to Me where it was all about like uh, uh, cops that could figure out if yeah. they're lying by their facial tics and stuff, and you're like. I can figure out if they don't know what they want. Yeah, and it's great because I can read somebody now in art big time. Yeah, if I'm even just listening to them talk passionately about what they're talking about, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm already drawing in my head when they're talking. Yeah. So, and then I can not only show them a design that I can change at any time with a couple clicks, but also I can put it on the wall and show them what's going to look like on their wall. But you you have a you possess a skill that I don't think a lot of artists have. I think you can mimic hand drawn, but the fact that you can do that that that's that business development part, right? That I don't think a lot of artists have the patience for. I think they right. stop right there. I'm guessing. I don't know a lot of artists, so a lot of us do now. A lot of the bigger ones do. We're we're not only, but hand- that's that's how you get to be the bigger ones. Got to you right. Have I to. I feel like that's the filter. You have to. It's like when I, uh, or I'll give a stand-up comparison. It's like, oh, well, people don't have a closer, or they don't have a big uh, crescendo, or they don't know how, or they don't know how to tell a story about themselves. Right. That gives it personality. I feel like that's a big filter. Or they don't know how to do cl- crowd work. You right, don't know right. how to. Uh, you don't have to do it. Don't get me wrong. Te- you, technology's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool. Use it. Yeah. Use it. You're not. Don't be scared of it. Technology's a tool. And plus, what we're doing is as old as cave art. Right. And it's more popular ever than right now. And you'll find every program online, it mimics something offline. So, like, I tell people, don't be scared of your website. If you had a retail store that said the internet didn't exist, your website is essentially your retail shop. Of course. But it works 24-7. Correct. Yeah. And so, like, they go, oh, shit, I got it. Okay. Right. Um, All right. We we've been uh, tangent highway. Let's go because we're getting at about the forty five minute mark. Let's uh, go fast forward. How did you get from I got to teach myself Photoshop, all those skills, to now? And then any advice you'd give to any artist listening or anybody in the arts yeah. about what to do? It's a lot of stuff. I know. I know, and that's fine. I can answer that. Um, See, just take it on. Head yeah, on. man. Uh, so then jobs start coming, you know, it snowballs. So then years. So then bartending goes out the window. Holy crap. Look at me. I'm painting. Did I just paint year round? Yeah. Wait, did I just mm-hmm. work a few jobs? Wait, I'm struggling, but in each year, you know, sometimes years are better than others, but oh, two years, three years. Wait, did I just do art for three years straight without any other job? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Am I struggling a little bit? Yeah. yeah sure. But each year the money keeps coming up. Keep working on it. Keep working hard. Are you satisfied? Uh, never. <laughs> well, that's good and bad at the same but, but I mean, you're more satisfied than never, being dude. a bartender. Oh, God, yes. So, I don't say happy. Oh, I don't God, say, are yes. you happy? Because I don't think that's... No, I mean, I still talk to some artists today who are fantastic. We still have to work right. on jobs. And I mean, when you, you get have to, to create the, pressure, oh, when you can do art year round, that's when it becomes, okay, this it's is a career. Right. Oh, wait, I've started a career. 
And then I, I talk about you reach, you reach this another level where you go, I can't be busier than I've ever been. Right. And then you go, oh, shit, I didn't even know this yeah. other area existed. I've been doing murals full time for almost 13 years. And it's amazing. I still learn every year something new. And you have to remember, this is amazing. Yeah. What I'm doing is amazing. Yeah. At the same time, it's nothing. Well, in this, <laughs> you know, like if there's any artists listening, they'll they'll know what I'm saying here. But if you ever reach a point to where you're satisfied with your art, you've stopped growing. Yeah. So you have to keep going. Start cutting. Keep no. going. <laughs> <laughs> Start manufacturing this kind of pain. It's gonna bleed through. No pun intended. But uh, no, and I'm not saying don't you know stop doing a style or anything, but always push yourself to become better. Sure. And always try to do the next best thing since the last thing you've done. Or, and I'm not even saying technically just, you know, push yourself further, further, further. Because it's a fun journey to be on. If you're a young artist, 10 years hard work. Same advice I'm going to give you as the other one, as my teacher. Um, you a have, decade. Well, it can come faster these days with knowledge. With technology and knowledge. But you gotta you have to I think it comes faster, but you have to acquire more skills on the side. You got ancillary it. skills. Correct. And you have to be willing to work. That's yeah. hard hard it's hard work. Work will beat out anything. And I can tell you this. Ask work it, will beat out like anyone who paints murals. Yeah. And I've brought friends on. Hustle no, no, hustle. They wins. think it's not hard work. Oh, god damn. <laughs> It'll physically kick your ass after one day. Uh, I'd, I'd have you sweating at the end of the day. Oh, I, I sweat right now <laughs> thinking about having to go out there and do that at some like reality show kind <laughs> yeah. of bit. But like, no, 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 I can't. I know I can't do it. And right. I, I know I can't clown it because. A, I don't have the talent, but I don't even think I have the physical like. It kicks your butt. No, dude, I can't even like. Uh, like just getting like I, I make fun of uh, I think I I gave you a volleyball volleyball knee pads uh, yeah. uh, quip one time and it was like oh yeah I couldn't get on my knees and really paint anything yeah or I just could, or just hold your arm up for eight hours without moving or just sit Indian style yeah, or, or crisscross yeah. applesauce as yeah, I should say exactly uh, not your day yeah yeah whatever <laughs> but uh, indigenous style yeah. sit indigenous style but uh, I didn't mean to sound like Cosby but you know having to have that pose for that long that's the value that we need to push for you to be like hey you guys don't know how hard this actually is well get on a scissor lift yeah three stories up and go oh. fucking oh scissor lifts are beautiful now i mean not that we because we, a lot of clients in the past weren't willing to use them but my, my god they're amazing oh, i love it lifts are the best but i'm saying like scaffolding step scaffolding, scaffolding every day and, yeah. so, and so you don't want to chain get up it up and down right you don't want to get stolen so right. you can't chain it every night so break it all down and then put it all back up in which the is an hour Jesus i'm sure Christ. every time yeah which is almost you have to figure out how to have a zen like patience for that yeah where you're like all right this is part of the process correct right the well, scissorless stuff were but you're but for me for someone who i, I i'm bad with heights so if i'm up there if I'm three stories up on a scissor lift, I'm like, my hand is on a rail the right. whole time, right, right. you know? Um, well, and, and for the future for artists, I mean, art is changing so much. In the last five to six years, what's known as street art and these mural festivals is incredible. I mean, what these guys are doing is blowing minds. Uh, Five-story, six-story murals in two weeks, uh, traveling the world. These guys are like musicians, and they're out of control. It's a little too... Um, past my age range with having a kid and everything to be able to to, to be at these art festivals all the time. Sure. Um, 
it's a younger man's game, but some of these bigger guys, they are just amazing. And just when you think you're a good artist, mm-hmm. just go on Instagram uh, yeah, and start looking around because there are some amazing freaking artists out there uh, that are doing some really, really big, amazing things. And um, if you're a young artist, don't stop. Just don't stop. And don't get discouraged by someone who's quote unquote better than you in your mind. Just work hard because art is subjective, just like music. Yep. And everyone, not everyone's going to like everyone else's art. Just like you're not going to like the music I listen to. Here's how I put it. I put it with stand-up. I put it with music. Everybody thinks they have a great uh, taste in music. Right. Everybody thinks they have a great taste in art. Right. Everybody thinks they have a sense of humor. Right. <laughs> which is infuriating. <laughs> right. Because they're, they're like... Man, those Geico commercials are really funny, and yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking yeah. punch you in the th- uh, throat. You don't get a free ticket to my show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, actually, that is the crowd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do this. Uh, we'll have you back on okay. because uh, I don't know. This is fun. Um, yeah, man. You're gonna start your own podcast, probably. Uh, you're pushing it. I look. You 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 can gab. You can talk with people. I think uh, Rare is an artist that can do that. I think uh, there's a lot of artists are introvert. Right. I, I think you have a good mix of both. I think that's why we get along, because both of us can kind of do both. Right. Um, uh, by the way, um, haven't come to your fucked up nights yet. Oh, yeah. The whole reason I'm able to do business in art. Do you want to do the next one? I'd love to, but getting back to one more thing, not being taught how to correctly market or <laughs> business yourself out of art school it's called fucking up and burning bridges sure. and learning on your own. That's why that's why I was attracted to it. Everybody fucks up. Yep. <clears throat> I was telling everybody, like, my co-host is a scientist. Uh, he's a scientist and comedian. He fucks up every day. Oh, yeah. That's his job. Yep. It's really just hypothesis testing and fucking up. Um, you're not really doing it correctly if, if, if it's going really easy. Yeah, if it's perfect. That's why child stars have a problem connecting. <laughs> if, you really, if you really think about it. Have what, you seen the what, last Corey Feldman <laughs> video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if that's a Joaquin Phoenix kind of like I'm tricking you guys or not. But it's fantastic I, I don't think way. so. I don't think he's that smart. Yeah, it's but fantastic either way. Let's do this. Uh, man-made murals. It's uh, mmmurals.com. Go on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, hit up. You directly. Yeah, sure. I, I give out my email because what, what does That's it matter? Fine. It's matt at uh, mmmurals.com. Yeah. And so a lot of stuff for Man Man Murals coming up. And if you... Uh, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on... Uh, anything on visual, Facebook. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pinterest. say hi if you see me Pinterest working. if you're a lady. Yeah. That's Pinterest. my big thing. If you see me working out there, stop by say hi. If you're in the Tampa Bay area or uh, if you see him out and about around the country we're trying to get you international that's what we want to yeah, do for you yeah yeah i'm doing national i'm working mm. a little bit more nationally but yeah let's keep going yeah all right well he can mimic anything that that's what's crazy is if i i can give you i can give you peter fonda's head <laughs> that's true or or i can give you something modern minimalistic and you can kind of go the opposite direction which is it, it's really tough to do and you're probably downplaying how good you are at that. Well, and give me about a year. And <laughs> you'll be seeing somebody more coming. I like it. All right. Uh, Sweat Equity Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Give it to your friends. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them.